And we are live here on Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, episode 141. Here joining you on a June 25th Sunday morning. Beautiful day out here in Northern California. And as you can see, we have a special guest with us. Uh, we got Chris over here from CV New York Sports Pod. Karis, how are we doing this morning out there in the East Coast? Doing well. Appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, this is gonna be a fun one. So been following you guys' stuff for for a little bit now. Obviously, uh, the last go around when I did some some content. Uh, but it's always good to link up with you guys and and happy Sunday. It's a great day. Casey, how are you doing down there representing the A's? I love that. We're still staying strong with it. How are we doing over there? Doing good, my brother. You know, Sunday glorious day. Waking up early. Gonna go golfing today around noon. Probably shoot 120. Who knows? Get your but money's worth. I'll get some sunshine <laughs> on my back, and uh, I'll get my my money's worth. So <laughs> there yeah. you go. <laughs> chop it up with my buddy. We're going to the A's game actually on Tuesday, so we're gonna try to represent, see what's going on. But yeah, remember our theory. Make sure you try to get a seat before they close it. <laughs> Even if you have to start loosening one, and we have a year to come back and get one at some point over there. So uh, so today on the show, guys, like I said, we get, we're going to go a lot of different angles here with it. We're going to go some New York stuff. It will stay here in the Bay Area with some topics here. We'll do our usual thing. But, Chris, let's, first let's kind of find out a little bit about you. I'm curious. In the, I know you said you're, you're in D.C. right now, but just from a New York perspective, you, you're obviously involved. You do all the pods with us. You do the Mets post game. You do the, how do people become these fans? Like, so in the Bay Area, it's kind of a – there's an East Bay and a you know, Bay, and that's how you become the A's or the A's and the Raiders. I'm kind of curious out in New York, is it like a Giants, Yankees, Rangers thing? Like, how does that all work out there? So, you know, a mixed bag. I'm a Mets Giants fan. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're not from the area uh, and you don't know any other Mets Giants fans, you'd be, you know, assuming that it'd be like a Yankees, Giants and, and Mets, Jets kind of thing uh, with basketball sprinkled in between. Obviously, you got the Nets now in Brooklyn, and that's a whole different topic of discussion. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the the way that I started my fandom was I was a little bit late to the sports game in terms of when I was growing up. Uh, so I kind of had to mix and match a little bit, but I've been sticking with my teams ever since. But you know, I'm from Queens originally, and you know, right outside, five minutes outside of City Field, uh, right down the LIE, and um, you still got a lot of Yankees fans over there too. It's just sort of the the baseball history of New York. You know, you got a lot of bandwagons wherever you go, and, and you know, a lot of family ties too over there. So um, it, it it all just depends over there. But yeah, my situation is a little bit different, of course. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a mixed bag wherever you go. Casey, it's funny because in my head, I always thought just out here, right? You're always like Jets, Mets. They always have yeah. to go. Together. That's how it always felt. But then, yeah. I know it's just like we always have some A's and some Niners fans or like that. But uh, that's kind of there's always I'm, those weirdos sprinkled in, right? And and I happen to be one of them. Mets, Giants. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them on that case. Um, all right, hey Chris. Another thing I wanted to kind of get into is real quick. How long have you been doing the podcasting for? So uh, I actually was doing some uh, some sports content a couple of years back. I actually uh, just schedule got a lot you know a lot busier. Uh, I was going to school at the time, so I, I ceased that. But I've been doing this channel at CPNY Sports for a little bit about a month and a half now. Uh, yeah. So just fairly recent. So uh, I'm looking to to gain the, you know grow the channel back up. Obviously, uh, on the last go around, you know the stuff that I did years back. I remember you all because I came across your page uh on my on my account now and i was like hey i know those guys like i i, I definitely remember seeing you guys we were uh you know your channel subscribe to your channel before so 
uh, I figured I'd reach out and, and, and it's a small world. Funny how that works, right? But yeah, about a month and a half for me in my current channel right now. That's awesome. So like you said, go subscribe over there, CPN New York Sports. He's putting out stuff almost daily there, especially now with the Mets here, and he's got a lot to talk about with them, and we'll get them in a second. Chris, real quick from out there, what do you think about Chris Paul going to our Warriors for Jordan Poole? You're in the D.C. area. Jordan Poole is going to get 25 shots a game now up there. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a little suspect of it. Your thoughts, though, out there, sir? I think it's a good trade for both sides, really. Um, I'm not quite sure what your guys' opinions are on how CP3 fits for you all. Um, I can't imagine he'd be, uh, you know, in the starting rotation out there. Um, but I think the news came out was that the Warriors were actually planning on keeping CP3. It was sort of a question mark for me whether they're going to try to flip him. Uh, I was a little curious on the actual details of the trade, I know it was a first round Jordan Poole. It was a first round in 2030, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. A second round in 2027. Um, and then CP3 over for Jordan Poole. I think that was the yeah. trade. If I'm misspeaking, please correct me. But I think it's a really good trade for the Wizards' perspective as well. Obviously, they're trying to mix up uh, a lot of things over there. The GM is a little bit... You know, all my Wizards fans out here, they, they're, they're weary of him and his processes. But... I think Jordan Poole will thrive. He's a volume shooter. Like he's going to get his shots up now. Obviously, Bradley Beal's gone. KP, obviously, we just saw recently get traded. Is gone. Kuzma yeah. declining the player option. He's going to be gone. In my perspective, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. But who knows? Maybe they might. Um, but I think it's a really good trade for both sides. But that's why I, I was kind of wondering from your guys' perspective in terms of how he fits on the Warriors system. But um, I, I think that he's serviceable. A serviceable vet, obviously. Yeah. Not going to be that main option on a championship contending team anymore. We saw that this go around, you know, this past go around with the Suns, he wasn't available. So, uh, kind of curious to get your thoughts as well. But I think it's a good trade in theory for both sides. Casey, go ahead. So, there's a few things that I thought about this trade. And at first, I was like, God, I hate Chris Paul. Like, <laughs> through the years of playing with Houston and the Clippers and like whining and whining, you know, it's just like, you know, then he's on your team, you're like, well, I got no choice but to like him, right? <laughs> Excuse me. And then there was a few other factors, or a couple others. I was like, I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to benefit from this, like, mate. I mean, the lob threat, running a pick and roll with CP3, an expanded shooting maybe from this year, just growth-wise. So I think that's the player that's going to play a big role from that trade. And then... The other part, yeah, but think, do you really think that CP3 is going to help us this year? That's the thing I was arguing with Tyler. Tyler said it's going to be like a Sean mm -hmm. Livingston. Tyler's a, a pot does the podcast with us here, and I'm like, well, that's not going to be the case. He's 39 years old and he's always hurt. To me, ultimately, case we're not going to about know about this trade till May, really, because that's what it all yeah, comes down to. True. But we gave up a 24 year old who I get it, he sucked last year. I mean, we're, I'm putting that gently like he was not good, but the year before he was good. I just don't like giving up good talent. For guys that are done in one year, that's my thing. Look, looking yeah. forward at it. Well, I, I mean, don't know. I mean, if you remember though, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green did not exactly see. I mean, they did see eye to eye pretty much. So I mean, <laughs> at some point, uh, I mean, Jordan Poole kind of got the bag. Draymond's up for a new contract. I mean, the Warriors could have given twenty five million. Jordan Poole's making thirty two million. The optics don't look too good on that. And then no. plus, when you expand, you know decrease the payroll is like the luxury taxes have like gone in inflation right now they're just really trying to stop these super teams so i think that was part of the move as well so I mean, all around 
on the court though, real quick, how does he, there you go. Like, I'm a little worried, like with the system, like as Chris got to mention, how will he fit with the system? Like, is this going to be a thing where he's in the corner a little bit, you know, like rocket style, or is he going to be able to fit the ball movement style when he's used to just doing pick and roll? And Tyler's like, again, he goes, well, they can just play pick and roll and put Curry and, and Thompson or, you know, in the corners. And, but it's like, how small can you go? I mean, like, you know, there's always so small you can play these teams too. So I don't know that. I just, I mean, it does sound like it. it does sound like a sexy lineup to close the game with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins and Green. Draymond Green. So, That's I mean, a small are, ass lineup, though. But it's a very lineup. talented lineup too. It's a talented offensive lineup, no doubt, no doubt. Right. I, I hear you on that, floor, but I said what I have to say. But that, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I get you on it. So you you do like it then for the one year move then? Yeah, I do. All right. I guess I'm going to be pushing the one pushing back on it. Pushing back. I'm going to be the guy. But it was funny. You did bring up a few points about could they trade him too? That is possible with getting him. He does have that contract with the 30 million that obviously an NBA is like gold, like a one year, $30 million contract you can give away at the trade deadline is gold. So that's the Warriors perspective. Also out here as an older Warriors fan, uh, Mike Dunleavy, now the GM, it's always a little hesitant when he's making trades as well, Casey. It's probably a selfish reason to be on it. I'm interested to see, though, how Jordan Poole does out there in your D.C. area, though, uh, Chris. Hey, what's up with your Knicks, though? They To me, they seem they seem stuck. Doesn't mean they're bad. Just They're just now like, what, they get the five seed this re- year? The, right was the five seed? And uh, I, they lost to the Cavs, or they beat the Cavs, excuse me, then lost to the Heat in the, in the second round there. But where do you stand on the kind of the state of them right now? I've been following your tweets. It sounds like you don't want Zion. I mean, he's probably not even available. Aiton, maybe I've heard that you might like. There's George out there. I don't know. Where are you kind of at the state of the Knicks right now? Like, you know, obviously Knicks Twitter is a mixed bag. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Anybody on Knicks Twitter. But if you're not in it, I suggest you stay away. Um, It's sort of a crapshoot. But, Listen, I like what we're doing. Uh, I think we're heading in the right direction, obviously, to where we want to be at. Um, let's face it, we haven't had much success since the Mellow Days, right? So yeah. if we get into the second round, I'm always going to take that sort of success. Uh, obviously, Julius Randle faltered in the playoffs yet again. Uh, you had a mixed stance on Nick's Twitter, whether they want to let go of Julius Randle, find a trade suitor for him, or keep him and have him be – Hopefully a third option at some point behind. Where Brunson do you stand on Randall, Chris? He seems like a very polarizing oh, player out there. I, I like Randall a lot. Do I think yeah. he's a second option on a championship winning team? I do not. Um, but I, I think that he's a serviceable third option. And he's he's a gritty player. He'll play and he'll play injured if he has to. And he'll give you, obviously he didn't play all 82 this year. But he's a workhorse. Yeah. He stays on the court. Yeah. Um, and he toughens it out. And that's what I like. And that's not something we don't see every day from NBA players nowadays. You look at Zion. When is he really on, on the court for, for more than 70 games, right? Yeah. I mean, it's early on in his career. I get it. But, even, you know, veterans like Kawhi has been doing it for a while. And, you know, just a bunch of stars who now go and, and whether it's injury-related or they just need the night off. But, you know, Tibbs, I, I'm not sure if you all know Tibbs' style, but he runs his players into the ground. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure. But Julius Randle's up to the task. And I know Tibbs and Julius Randle have that relationship. So I don't see them moving on. I would 100% be on board with keeping Julius Randle. But like I said, it gets to the the point of do we run it back with the same team? I don't think that's plausible to do. You want to see the growth. But I'm also not desperate to get a star that's not going to be available on the court. Paul George has his injury concerns as well. 
Uh, Bradley Beal is another guy that Nick's Twitter was talking about. He doesn't stay on the court. He hasn't played more than 60 games since the 2018-2019 season. So it's always a sort of desperation sort of feel with, with, with Knicks fans. And let's get a star. Let's get a star. Like right now, let's let's mortgage the picks that we have. We got abundance of first-round picks going forward. But I'd like to do it in a deliberate way. And let's face it, the Levine news came out. Clutch Sports and CAA. Leon Rose is a CIA, uh, CAA representative. Those, there's some sort of beef going on over there uh, where the camp said that they, they don't want Levine going to the Knicks. Um, so it, it's it's also sort of a thing with the Mets and Knicks not really being easy to deal with. I mean, they, let's face it, it's a big market, um, and it just seems like there's some sort of league-wide, quote-unquote, tax when dealing with them. So I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's how I feel. But we got to do something. Uh, I'm curious about the money with Josh Hart and, and Emmanuel Quickly, two guys that – um, we're going to need to be paying soon. So that, that's another conversation topic as well. But I'm I'm confident in the Knicks moving forward to next season. I think what we saw out of Julius or Julius Brunson, Jalen Brunson last season, um, he's only going to get better. Um, and, you know, we finally found that true foundation, that point guard that we've needed for so long. So I'm really excited for next season. I, I kind of find your point about like the Knicks not. I mean, it's kind of like one of those classic cases where they're just always trying to get the next guy instead of letting the process go. And that's where I feel like they're at right now, right? You're at the five seed. You really don't have any contracts that avail. Like, you can't really get George or Aiton or any of those guys without giving up a big contract. So it's like you're not going to add on to Randall and Brunson, you know, with a big contract. So I'm kind of with you. Just run it. Play it again with Randall. I know he can be, it seems like, and I've watched him, he seems like he could be a frustrating player to watch at times. But like you said, he plays hard, so you're always going to like that part of him. Um, I would just, like you said, I'd run it out with him again. And then when his contract gets lower, that's when you might be able to trade him a little bit more, a little easier in that regard. Case, what do you think of what he said there about the Knicks? Well, the first thing, Chris, I took away, I was like, man, I feel you as being an old Warriors fan, a second round success sounds so bad sometimes, right? <laughs> like I remember yeah. when the Warriors and they played the Spurs, and Darren will remember this like yesterday. Ginobili hits that three after the Warriors were up by like 15 or 12 going into the fourth, and you're just like, God, here we go again. You start winning championships, they don't make it to the finals. It's a disappointing year. So it's exactly. kind of like, but then uh, to speak about Julius Randle going forward, I think they Nick kind of built like almost like they had that Brunson, which, you know, I'm not comparing the D Wade, but then you got a Randall that could be like a Chris Bosch. And then you just need to find that superstar, right? I mean, I think that's the big cog that's missing. I mean, but, Brunson surprises the hell out of me every time I watch no, him. No, no. And he's a fantastic player. Like, I mean, he took it to a whole nother level. And Dallas asked them how they feel about that. I mean, you could tell Luca was hurting. He was just like, where's my boy? Where's my guy? Like, I need that backcourt mate. So I don't think the Knicks are actually that far off. I think they just, you know, you'd need either a team like the Heat had, but which proved throughout the finals, you need more than one superstar. It's just, it's hard to compete in this NBA if you don't have two legit, almost 1A, 1B guys. And Casey, you, you mentioned guy, another backcourt mate. How about this guy Tyler brings up, RJ Barrett? You know, will, he, will he ever be able to put it together? I mean, he made big strides, I thought. I've seen some growth from him. Uh, his assertiveness, definitely, like, when I was watching the games, he seemed a lot more confident. His three balls seemed, you know, just the way he was shooting it, more confident. Uh, the willingness to take over a game and have that confidence to not really care. I thought it was kind of part of the Duke days. 
And so I think they have they have the right pieces. And I I think Thibodeau is the right coach. It's just he's gonna burn guys out in five years. So they better get <laughs> those players soon. Uh yeah. I, I like I saw a funny stat when I was getting ready for the pod. Like he loves centers too. Whether I think who's the backup <laughs> to Mitchell Robinson, though, the white guy there. What's Einstein. They played like it was like out of 528 playoff minutes, they played 518. So Casey's guy, Obi Toppin, gets no no love out there. My brother's a big I didn't Obi want to Toppin bring him guy. up because that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole nother news topic within itself. That was that situation got a little ugly, but they just signed his uh brother to a two-way deal. I saw so that. See what, what happens. <laughs> what do you think about RJ there, Chris? So he was a guy that Casey was saying we needed a you know we need that big dog. He was comparing the the Miami Heat uh kind of LeBron era there to to kind of our players right now. And when we drafted RJ, you know, with that third pick, um, I thought that in a couple of years' time, maybe he might be that guy, that that superstar that we need to kind of put it together. But he really hasn't been th- uh, been that. It's 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 inconsistency for me. Um, he's inconsistent. He'll shoot the ball lights out. He always starts seasons off slow. That's his that's his mantra. Starting off the first couple months slow, we're all wondering what, what's going on here. Is he going to be on the trade block, get him out of New York? And then he starts to heat up. He starts to feel a little bit. And uh, it just goes that way. I don't know. Obviously, he's still young, 22, 23 years old. But the sample size that we've seen from him so far, I think, is enough to say that he's not going to be a superstar type player. I don't want to I don't want to make that assumption too quick. I'm not saying that if we let him go for that star, he's not going to become that somewhere else. But what I will say is in terms of a trade for RJ Barrett, I need the right guy coming back in return. I I I would like to see RJ stick it through with the Knicks and, and have him figure it out in New York. But like Casey said, if if we have that player on the table that we need to make room for and rj's on a four-year 100 million dollar contract as well so that's about 25 25 million dollars a yeah. year there for him as well movable contract um it, if there's a right guy that that comes on the trade block and, and you know someone calls up the knicks saying hey we need rj donovan mitchell was one of those players back this, yeah. this past offseason yep. um didn't happen obviously but I don't want to be desperate and, and let RJ go for a guy like, you know, I'm not going to even say any names, but just like, Chris you know, Paul. maybe, maybe Pete, <laughs> you know, with his availability. But if there's the right guy out there and I'm confident and that, you know, if he can take us to the next level, you got to, you got to send it because RJ Barrett is a question mark up until this point, but I do see that ceiling for him. So I'm not going to call it quits on his career just yet in terms of how far he can go. I just don't know if he's going to be that one or two option like the Knicks really, really hoped for when, he, when they drafted him, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I feel like R.J. Barrett's almost like a, a Harrison Barnes. Like I think he's yes. that 23-point yeah. scorer. He gets on a team by himself. He can maybe average 26. But and The team's not winning, obviously. Yeah. That's a good yeah. comparison, actually. I like that comparison. Um, I was thinking you might – I hear rumors because you have uh, – you might guys might end up with uh, our boy here that played for the Warriors last year, D. Vincenzo. It sounds like there's a strong uh, likelihood he might sign with – was it go Villanova Knicks over there? Vill- yeah, Villanova Knicks. Pascal? Is Eric Pascal going to join the team? <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I, I, I like D. Vincenzo, though. I think he's a good shooter. Obviously, his sample size shooting, I mean, he really turned it on last year. Um, but the Knicks need outside shooting. Like, we yeah. need it really badly. Um, you guys don't play fast at all I, either. 
You guys play really slow. You play at a slow pace, so you're going to have to be able to make shots from the three-point line. Well, and that's and that's Julius Randle. And that's that's a discussion between Mm -hmm. Julius Randle versus Obi Toppin. Obviously, the Knicks are a run-and-gun team with Quickly and and Obi Toppin running the floor on the second team. And then Julius Randle kind of slowing up the court, half-court offense, (laughs) let's set up, let me post up on the elbow, feed feed me the ball, and let me do what I got to do with it. And and that's where where Knicks fans kind of get frustrated with Julius Randle, and I get it, but yeah, completely. DiVincenzo would be a great great addition to this team, I think. I always think about Obi Toppin in a trade, like get him to the Warriors somehow. I'd love to see him like running those lobs baseline with Draymond. I'm like, who can we give up for? I was thinking we could do pool and something like that for the Knicks and maybe get something, but that that ended up not working out. You know, it's a trip sometimes when I watch the Knicks, like their best lineup sometimes just because it's a faster game now in the NBA is like you watch quickly play with Obi Toppin and then you got RJ Barrett. And then you got Hartenstein who does the dirty work. And then you just have that whoever heart coming in. It's just like, like, the old Knicks ball that you love where it's just run and gun, rebound, yeah. brick shot, brick shot, like 8-0 run. You're like, what the hell? No one scored for three minutes, but we're up by eight. Have you ever been yeah. to a game? That's actually – what was that? I was just, have you ever been to a game there at the no, Garden? I haven't been to MSG, man. I, 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 need, I need to go out there. I haven't been to MSG. Uh, the environment just looks electric, but I haven't got the chance to get uh, go to MSG yet. But – um unfortunately but that to, to to casey's point that second lineup i just want to just you know just sort of uh end the rj discussion with here rj uh rj barrett plays better in that second lineup he plays more confident with those guys than he does with julius Randle. that's something that i saw all season long i think it's something to monitor i think that is a really important piece of ultimately i think they're still going to try force rj barrett and Randle uh to work together but he plays much better on that second unit 100 percent um let's we'll go from the go a little bit off the knicks here but we'll go to the eat we'll still stay in the east here i got a uh, some three quick give and go questions here what team do you think ben benefited more marcus smart going to memphis so what you know i think memphis benefits a little more or porzingis going over to the celtics what team do you think benefit you know does it benefit a little bit more there chris what do you, what do you think uh i'm not too high on the grizzlies uh unfortunately so i don't i'm not sure how big of an addition Marcus Smart's going to be to get them to where they want to be. Obviously, they had a disappointing go at it this past playoffs for many reasons. Um, But the Boston Celtics are a little bit more solidified. Obviously, um, had a a good year last year. They just couldn't put it together um, against Miami. But... I think I think Kristaps. My final answer would be Kristaps to Boston. I'm curious on how that dynamic's going to work. Yeah. I'm curious about the Jalen Brown situation as well. I think Jalen Brown that fit with Boston isn't a good one for him personally. Um, so I want to monitor that. But I think KP really turned it on. But another guy, like I said, the, the whole topic of discussion here with the NBA is availability. Is Kristaps Porzingis going to be available for that yeah. team when they need him most? But I will say right now at the surface level. Plus, they got the two first rounders um, in that trade too for Marcus Smart, which is a little bit ridiculous <laughs> to me. But um, I think Kristaps going to Boston will benefit them more. Is Case, what is what, what's your hunch there? Grizzlies benefit more from Smart or uh, Celtics there from Porzingis? You know, I thought about this in two different ways. Kristaps uh, is, I think, one of the most effective post players in the NBA. So, which you wouldn't really think about, but he can also shoot the three ball. And as we know, Al Horford was terrible in the playoffs from three. So I think that's going to benefit the Celtics. On the flip side, I think the Grizzlies just made an Andre Iguodala move that the Warriors made. Maturity, leadership, 
which John Morant and the Grizzlies need desperately right now. And Marcus Smart is one of the best leaders, I think, in the NBA right now, a professional to the fullest. So I think the Grizzlies will take a step, like, in maturation, and I think that will benefit them in the long run. Uh, here now, I think Boston made a big move just get Chris Depps. Yeah, I, I kind of lean towards Memphis a little bit too because I'm a – well, obviously the Porzingis injury history, and I just don't – I don't know. There's something soft about him a little bit. For me. <laughs> and it's not – you know, I don't know. There's something there. I have to see a little bit more dogged of, I think, the, in that playoffs to, for me to buy into him a little bit. I've seen that with Smart Case. Next question here, will Damian Lillard be a Blazer his whole life? Looks like he's, he never goes. Is well, he going to be I mean, that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why would he leave? I mean, he's – Well, I mean, he, he could he go to a better team and want to win a championship. He can do I mean, no wrong at this point. If he doesn't win a championship, it's not his fault. He didn't have the plays around. The organization didn't support him. If he leaves, you know, then it's like, eh, he, he went for that ch chasing the Even at this point, being there for 13 years – Dude, you can ask my buddies, which I randomly, talking about random fans, my buddy is a diehard Portland fan, and <laughs> he just loves Damian Lillard. He can do no wrong. He is the Steph Curry for the Warriors. He'll blame everyone else but Damian Lillard. <laughs> so he's he cares that he's shooting half-court shots. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'd rather have him shooting than God, yeah, like half the guys in draft from Gonzaga. So you, so you think he'll be there? He'll his whole career. He'll never get yeah. out. Not yeah, even at the end. He'll go Miller to the end. I'm just curious, yeah. Chris. What do you think? I think he's going to be gone. I mean, inevitably, this is turning into a situation like we just saw with Bradley Beal. They finally let him go. Maybe, maybe a little bit more extreme to this point. Um, listen, Portland's not in a situation where they need Dame. Um, <laughs> no, and no. honestly, that contract's pretty atrocious. So I'm not really sure how the money will work in terms of if they're going to need to take on uh, some some salary from that from that hit. But uh, I was curious, do you all know if Dame has a no-trade clause? Because that's that could be a factor as well in terms of the, this negotiation and this process. Because ultimately, I think he's gone. I don't know if we'll see it this season, but I think he'll end up somewhere. You know what? Uh, I'm not sure if he does, but I feel like the I feel like with those type of players, I'm going to say he, I don't I'm, I don't know, but my guess is with him, it almost doesn't matter because he's such a veteran. I don't think they would screw him over. Like I don't feel like they would in that regard. But I hear you. I like I, that. That, I, that might change a few things. They should sure. have a no trade clause. Because like I think if they're like, hey, we'll send you over to, we'll send you to what, like Orlando or something like that. He's probably not going to go, even though they're a young team. Yeah, yeah. I think he has an NTC. Most of those contracts when they have like that supermax so. deal include the no trade clause. So I think as soon as okay, he doesn't drafted, have one, I think as soon as they drafted Zach Collins, he got that. So. Send him to the Kings. <laughs> Zach Collins. Hey, the Kings. What's what's your what's your guys' opinion on the Kings? I know you guys are you know the West Coast guys. I like oh, the yeah. Kings brand of basketball. I love that team right now. We well, our boy Tom Witt. We had him out of here. Yeah, we're well. My sister, our sister, lives in Sacramento. We we went to uh, so we get, we used to go to a game every year uh, when they opened the new arena. I mean, we were we were super pumped for the series this year because they had never met in the playoffs before. The Kings and the Warriors, and they're an hour away wait, from wait. each other. I think the Kings are in a great position. I mean, the fact that they got Fox and Sabonis, they at least now have stable players. And I really like Murray, right? I think Murray's a really good player. And then Mike Brown's a, a hell of a coach. And they're starting to make smarter decisions as as a GM. And now they have a little money if they spend it right this offseason. Maybe they'll pluck Draymond from the Warriors. There's talk of that. I think the Kings are kind of really exciting. I, I They gave the Warriors everything this year. It was an yeah. exciting series. I yeah, that was an exciting series, man. I I was kind of 
uh, dogging on them a little bit after that Halliburton trade. I didn't kind of see the 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 vision there, but they they knocked it out of the park. Well, Sabonis is to me like well, he played like on like the Pacers and Thunder and stuff, and I got to see him out here in Gonzaga and like. I just if you do I, I a big man that you could put up at the high post of a fan of. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind so, of similar. Like it's funny. I always bring stuff back to the Warriors, but the culture changes. Like when they traded Monte and then they got Bogut in, and like you just like you can't have two small guards. I mean, look at what the Blazers with Dame, CJ McCollum, and Dame. It, yeah. it just doesn't work. You have to have a guy like Thompson, six seven, or you know, just a wingman and then a big. It's just that's just how the NBA works nowadays. I mean, you better have some big guys down there that can protect those small guys, like elite, elite, elite. <laughs> um, all right, so Lillard, that's the case for Lillard. Here's my last give and go here. Uh, I got just real quick here, guys. Do you think Chet Holgram could be have a better rookie or uh, have a better rookie season than Victor? All the hype, Chet. And a lot of people forget about Big Chet coming from Gonzaga. Case, what do you think? Is there a chance? There's a reason why you forgot about him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> LeBron <laughs> hurt him. Victor. I'm taking oh, Victor all day, man. They're gonna give him every chance in the world. Like, hey, he's just—he's the NBA. How they bring in superstars, they do it way different than NFL, NHL, like just anything. They're doing—they're going to try and feed this guy as much as they can, and make him just an absolute superstar because that like expands the global like everything for the NBA. So I think he's gonna be. Yeah, he's you seen no the way. funny video that came out about him missing like the shots and warm ups, and people are like, he's I'm like, the man's seven four, and he doesn't have to shoot outside of ducking. He never has to do anything outside of that. He's not Dario. Come on, Chris. Just wrote, you got a little hunch, Chet. Is there any chance? Come on. No, man. No, it's it's Victor all day. I'm going with Casey as well on this one. It's going to be Victor. That that situation for the spur with the Spurs is going to be one where he's going to be that guy. Uh, immediately, and, th- and he's going to be, you know, getting the, the bulk of of the touches, and like you said, expanding the the game globally. Um, obviously, that's the name of the game now. Obviously, Jokic uh, is kind of setting that tone right now. Giannis yeah. did the same thing yeah. um, in their respective countries, but um, yeah, it's going to be Victor, and, and I think Chet will have a decent career if he stays on the on the court. But when you're that tall. Yeah. And that skinny, and and same goes for Victor. He needs to stay healthy too. But it's hard when you have that kind of stature. But uh, they need to beef up a little bit too. I think that that's something that needs to be worked on. For our Hey Arnold fans out there, Chet looks like Stinky Peterson from Hey Arnold. So Tyler, that one. he does, he has a maybe he's buffed out. I haven't seen him in a while. Maybe he's come back a little bigger there. Uh, real quick here, I always like to do a little history here. All time Warriors Knicks trades. They got some good history here between them, yeah, making some trades with each other. I got all. We can go all the way with Charles Sprewell. That's the famous one. He gets traded after the the choke incident there with our guy PJ. He gets traded. Casey, do you remember these names that the Knicks sent to the Warriors? I mean, uh, Chris uh, Mills, John Terry Starks, Cummings. And Terry Cummings. Unbelievable. Yeah, the yeah. three guys. Some famous yeah. ones right there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a- that because that was like when the movie Ed came out with Whoopi Goldberg. And I was like, we got John Sally with the knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> John Sally. <laughs> so that was a funny trade looking back at that one. A little random one here. The Warriors acquired Jamal Crawford for Al Harrington. A little random Knicks Warriors trade. And then one of our favorites, it was technically a sign-in trade. July 2010, the Warriors acquire David Lee from the Knicks. And the the Warriors give up Turioff, Randolph, and and Ozabuki, who's now the announcer for the Warriors. So not much given up for David Lee, who was a big part of the Warriors turning things around. Winning. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we got for our old school fans, one that helped the Knicks. We had the Warriors traded, uh, the, the Knicks traded Michael Ray Richardson, who ended up playing 33 games for the Warriors for Bernard King, who's obviously a famous Knicks <laughs> player. So not a good trade for the Warriors. And there was a couple, one other one in 1971, but I didn't recommend it. I know Lucas, the name, but I don't know it. So those were some kind of fun trades. I felt like, I was like, those are some kind of big trades other than maybe the Crawford Harrington one. Some big names, some swing players there. So uh, I like I like Crawford, man. Yeah, I like Crawford. Crawford, Big Jamal Crawford fan. Uh, He was, uh, I mean, he was the ultimate like no defense, right? But that guy could uh, get thirty points like it was nothing at times. He was on the handles for sure. All right, let's get to our question of the week here. We go to a little baseball here. Brought to you by Row One Brand. Use that code VSP fifteen. Help us out over at Variety Sports Network. Subscribe to the channel. That that would help us help our guys over at Row One Brand. Like I said, they got paintings. Uh, they got ticket stubs out there, good artwork there. So go, be sure to go check that out. Question of the week here. We know you're a big Mets guy. We did a 30-minute podcast reminiscing about the A's last week. So we want to get some Mets stuff. We like history on it. Who are some of your favorite Mets players of all time? Maybe like if you have some moments you want to throw out there too. But you got some players that just kind of random, great, anything. Uh, I mean, uh, sticking with my uh, era, David Wright, Jose Reyes, you can't go wrong with those two guys. Jose Reyes, for me personally, my all-time favorite Met. The electricity that he brought to the diamond, switch hitter as well, shortstop. Number seven is my favorite number for a reason. Um, you know, big Jose Reyes guy. David Wright speaks for itself, um, all-time Met. You can go into guys like Piazza. Um, I wasn't obviously around for the for the 86 run. Wish I was with the way things are going right now. But uh, I met Doc Gooden actually a couple of years back. Um, great guy, really nice guy. So Doc Gooden, you got to throw him on that list. Um, and then you can keep on going on and on with the history. But I say those guys I named for sure are, are some of my like favorites. The first one that Jose Reyes. That's awesome. Jose, like Jose Reyes, number one. I like Jose Reyes. He's always a top pick in fantasy back in the day, too. He was always a top oh, yeah. pick fantasy for that reason. My my A was Miguel Tejada for the same reason, the electricity he brought at shortstop. So I could see that Jose Reyes was definitely up there as one of our my favorite players as, uh, as a Mets guy. Case, you got a few out there? Yeah, definitely. Was, uh, one, he came over uh, from the Mets to the Bay was Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty cool. Just I got to see him, too. We had, like, a little, like, I don't know if you call it a minor league team, but he played at Sonoma County Crushers. They call him North Cow would maybe know this, but so I got to see him at the very end of his career. But uh, and then uh, it's kind of weird because like we grew up in a different era. I'm 36, Darren, I think a little older, but uh, the one that I remember, like it was kind of like a a different type of player. And uh, I think he he ended up playing, I think, for the Blue Jays with John Olerud for a minute. Oh yeah, John Olerud. No. <laughs> It's so funny you brought him up. He's actually going to be at the All-Star game this year because the 2001 Mariners are bringing him up. I was always record. confused because he was the only starting lineup that would have, like, two different helmets. And it, was <laughs> yeah. like, it was weird. Like, I don't know if anyone knows <laughs> starting lineups here. Yeah, the little, the, actually, the little figures there. That's yeah. good knowledge there. Uh, Tyler brought up Edgardo Alfonso there. Yes, he played for the Giants as well. Tyler also, I loved watching Ray Ordonez play defense. He was a, obviously could not hit himself out of a wet paper bag, but he uh, he definitely could pick it over there. Who was the second baseman at that time? Was it? I feel like they had a decent second baseman at that time, but I can't think of it. Help me out, Nick's, uh, Mets Nation, if you're out there. I got some fun. With, for me, I don't know why Todd Hudley always comes in my mind when I think of the Mets. Ooh, he always like the cat, like he was a switch hitter catcher. I think because he had that 40 home run season or something like that back in yeah. the day. 
So he's like one that always comes to my name when I think Mets. I always think Shea Stadium. I mean, just the stadium. I love that big right field scoreboard. It's, you know, that thing always sticks out to me. Uh, obviously, Piazza's home run versus the Braves. I love their uniforms, the stripe home uniform. That's one of my favorite uniforms in the major league. So I always think about the Mets for that as well. And me and Casey, before you got on, I was like, who's that damn I, the, the damn left fielder who robbed the Cardinals guy? What's his name out there? And Casey came out with it randomly. Andy Chavez, I believe. Andy Chavez. <laughs> Dude, that play will ever forever live in my mind. I know they lost the game, but that play, I'm just like, can you have any more clutch of a catch? Like that to me is like the clutchest clutch catch I've ever seen. And the fact that he hung on to the ball, his wrist like dislocated at that. That was moment. impressive. That was a heartbreaker game, and that's some bad memories there. Well, I'm sorry about the break that, but that was a good catch. I'm gonna say the that one guy, it was. The one it was a guy that actually I think is iconic in New York just Mets history is I think we need a, Bobby Valentine. <laughs> oh yeah, the, I mean, the fake mustache. <laughs> that is an iconic. Back in the game after he gets ejected, that was legendary like classic. <laughs> Ventura, that's a good one as well. I remember Ventura when the when Giants just had opened uh, Pac Bell Park. That's what it was called at the time. And he went, I mean, he was the first guy that went deep in that little right center out there. It was like he must hit it 420. It was a bomb. And I was like, the only oh, thing I think of Robin Ventura is getting his ass kicked by Nolan Ryan. Right. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and not, and what was the what was the thing? I remember he got pissed. I think this is a good moment for you. He beats the Braves. I think got a grand slam, but they tackle him when he rounds first base. And he, he, didn't, get, he didn't get credit for the grand slam. He only got credit for the single there. So I think that was always, I remember. Him, like telling the guy go go and they they tackled him there so that's fun looking back at some Mets history there with it. you got some great names there man with uh looking back at it but with that said you've got some names got now that are underperforming my friend and uh what what's going on I mean I was a believer in you I said last week on my seventh inning show that I'm kind of starting to think Philadelphia has now asked you guys and who I'm believing to push the Braves or Maybe not even push the Braves, just make the wild card, I guess, because you guys are like maybe six back, seven back of the wild card, I think, at this moment. I don't know, man. What's the issue with them this season? Obviously, their owner went all out. It's not working right now. I don't I don't think the the payroll is indicative of the roster talent that was actually there. It was a talented team. It should have been a contending team, no doubt. Obviously, we're not contenders. I'm just gonna say that right now. Um it starts with the pitching, man. I mean, it was a tough situation to replace DeGrom. Obviously, his situation is what it is now with the Rangers uh, out for the season. Uh, it's kind of a career scare there for him. But they had to replace him with somebody, right? And Verlander was pretty much the only guy in the market, minus maybe Carlos Rodon, who hasn't thrown for the Yankees yet either. So it was sort of a, a situation where he needed to they needed to replace uh you know the, the the star of New York Jacob DeGrom leaving and it was you know the reigning Cy Young you go get that's pretty good right but yeah they're simply not performing to the back of their baseball cards I've been saying it with my buddy uh Nelson at Amish Country Mets fan when we do our post game lives it, it, it's kind of a repetitive thing on our lives now it's just like well we can sit here and talk about the losses, X and O's all day, but these guys aren't performing to the back of their baseball cards. Obviously, we got two Hall of Fame uh, pitchers at the top of our rotation. Scherzer threw a gem his last couple outings as well, so shout out him for doing that. But, I mean, Verlander's has been very inconsistent. The hitting's been on and off as well. I think it does start with the pitching. Uh, the bullpen's taxed. You throw in some Buckshow Walter questionable managing decisions as well in there. And it's just a sprinkle. It's the right storm to just make a, a disappointing season. It's the perfect storm that's happened. Everything that could have gone wrong for the Mets so far has pretty much gone wrong for the Mets so far. And, and it's really, it's really, 
interesting to say that because, yeah, I think we're about – last time I checked, we were eight games back. We beat the yeah. Phillies yesterday, so hopefully we're seven games back now. It's sort of – it gets an interesting sort of topic of, of whether we're going to be sellers, buyers, going into the trade deadline. Obviously, that's coming up. I think uh, August 1st is the is the deadline, Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I think they extended that this year. But we saw the Eduardo Escobar trade go down a couple days ago. We'll see what happens. But it's been the perfect storm of players, of inconsistencies – Pete Alonso struggling now as well the last two months. His, you know, everyone talks about Lindor batting average. It is what it is. He's getting paid three hundred forty million dollar contract, three hundred forty one, excuse me. Um, he's hitting two twenty one. But Pete Alonso, you know, he's got the 23, 24 bombs, fifty one RBIs apiece for those guys in the middle of the lineup. But they're they're just not they're just not putting it all together. They're not being consistent, and that's been the issue for the Mets is consistency. Casey, I sense uh, frustration with his team. We've been there down that. <laughs> and I think he's got legit frustrated. I, it's funny from a distance. I, like I said, I kind of like, I, I listen to a lot of your games on the radio randomly because I, for some reason, I do like your play by play. So I like, I'll listen to a lot of your games on there. And uh, he, it just sounds like I said, I agree with it, but it also sounds like you guys have very timely, like you said, mistakes. Like the other day with that drop pop up and that. Lindor's the one for me, though. I mean, you talk about a guy that has fallen off the mat. I know he kind of bounced back a little bit last year, but the two in between here, I mean, you're talking like awful. I mean, he, he's got to be the wrath of all Mets fans right now. Yeah, yeah, there's uh, – you got Bonilla on there too. That's a good <laughs> one name we didn't mention, but for I, obvious I, I, reasons, uh, <laughs> yeah, who? The, the ultimate Met there. But, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, Lindor's definitely had his struggles since coming over in that trade. Um Mets Twitter does get on him a lot, and I think it's warranted. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's he's not underperforming. Um, but, yeah, and, and you can look at the contract all day long. Um, the shortstop market is what it is. You see all the shortstops. Yeah. Trey Turner got a bag, too. Corey Seager, who's doing really well, got a bag. Um, and the shortstop market is what it is. The Mets kind of needed to cough up that money to, you know, for Lindor, obviously underperforming in general, obviously in, in the first couple seasons as, as a Met. Had a decent year last year, right? I mean, RBIs, he had 26 bombs. The average was 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 up there. I think it was about 260, somewhere around there for Lindor. But, yeah, the two in between years now, especially right now, um, it's it's frustrating. It's it's not just Lindor. I will put on everybody, but yeah, Lindor has been a disappointment so far. I love the way he plays defense. Um, his splits, righty versus lefty. Obviously, he's a switch hitter, way better right-handed hitter. Uh, there's an interesting discussion about whether Lindor should just make the set, pull the Cedric Mullins move. Obviously, Cedric Mullins sticking with the left-handed side of the batter's box. Lindor should just do that from the right side. I don't think it happens. Um, but yeah, it, Lindor is an integral piece of this team he's going to be here for a while we're talking about trades going in and out that's one guy who's going to be staying here uh no. so we really need him to turn it around for Man. sure you said something so fascinating to me he had a decent batting average at 267 <laughs> like, like, no, i'm just saying like, that doesn't happen very often like, like in the 90s like a 300 would you know it'd be like oh, that's you know yeah 290 uh, and that's the but baseball and that's, changed, though yeah, baseball's changed and the advanced analytics and, and a lot of people don't put too much weight on the batting average anymore. Yeah. And I'm sort of an in-between kind of uh, my perspective is a little bit in between on that. I still think it matters to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 like, like you said, baseball's changed the way they, they look at these stats and they measure these players. Uh, you obviously got your wars, your F wars, 
your OPSs, your WRC pluses, all that good stuff, all those stats to measure a player now. But yeah, the average is what it is. Um, not pretty, but you know, two sixty, two seventy nowadays. Yeah. Will no, and I, I think if you're hitting in that one two slot, I expect the average to be higher. But if you're oh, in that yeah. three the seven range, like I think that's all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because yeah. if you want to be the leadoff, either that or you draw a lot of walks. You know, it's yeah. got to yep. be one of the two. So oh. I mean, he. Yeah, the Mets, uh, I think they're going to be, I don't so know. You, it's what, like, do you think they're done then, or do you think they make a second half run? What's that, D? Do you think they make a second half run? I mean, the NL, I mean, the Reds just got off their 12-game win streak, which is kind of incredible. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean, the Angels just absolutely destroyed the Rockies last night, which was incredible. So, I think the NL is kind of wide open right now at this point. I mean, you have the you know, the same old suspects, but you know, yeah. you never know with injuries and you know, baseball's a weird sport. It it's a that's, it's a marathon. And that's why I, I want to pick you up a little bit, Chris. I think they still could make a little run here. I think you said that best sure <laughs> a little lie. There is it does happen to me. There is a chance you could go out of like an eight-game win streak. There is so I do got a shout out real quick. My guy here, C Wood out in Alabama, uh tuning in here this morning. Appreciate <laughs> it. Uh he does a great he does a great job on his show. He brought up Bobby Bonilla. I should have brought up Bobby Bado Bobby Bonilla because he's going to get paid a million dollars here in what a couple of weeks on July fourth, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. that is. So he's a great one to bring up there. So uh, appreciate you tuning in here this morning. We got our guy here, Chris from the New York Sports Pod. We're talking a little Mets, kind of giving him a little therapy at the moment, uh, just to kind of work through it a little bit here with the Mets struggling. The Braves he's obviously needed. are uh, ahead in that division there. I still think, sir, there's a run out there for him. I still think they, they can make a late run. My guy, Ant, out there in Memphis, he's a Mets fan. I always get his updates on there. Uh, you know, I think he maybe believes a little bit, but it seems like as a Mets fan, you're kind of built to be a little pessimistic as well. <laughs> yeah, it's always a mixed bag with that. Yeah, we can make a wild card run, pull, pull a Phillies from last year, but that there division is certainly under wraps in terms of, you know, the Marlins are doing well too. Can we talk about the, the parody in the game now? You got the Reds doing well. The Pirates have done, you know, decently. And there we go. There we go. Look at that. Who has, let's transition. What do you think? Who has a better chance of winning? And we can talk about other stuff. Giants or Reds? Because obviously the Giants are are really hot right now. They're they're putting pressure on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, if they sweep them today, I think they're a half game out. Uh, and then you got the Reds. That Casey said we're just on a twelve game winning streak. Uh, what, what do you who do you think maybe has a better chance of winning that division there? NL Central is pretty bad, so I'm going to give the edge to the Reds. What they're doing is incredible right now. Um, the NL West, I mean, look at the NL West, the Diamondbacks. I mean, what, what, what's going on here? You're talking about, we're just talking about the Mets and potentially not even making the playoffs. We're sitting here talking about Reds and your Giants. Obviously, we could talk about. We have some. Uh, are you a Giants fan, by the way? I didn't ask not you. Not my Giants. Giants. Fan? Not my Giants. <laughs> no, yeah, I think. Dare you're a Giants fan, or no? Casey's my my buddy Tyler, who's yeah. on here with the beard, is a is a Giants fan. We are a Tyler's fans. Giants fan. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So, um, yeah, the Giants are an interesting team. We have some, there's some similarities. If Tyler's still listening, we got the the Korea deal falling through for both teams. Obviously, yep. you guys got yep. X Men. Uh, you know, Michael Conforto. Uh, JD Davis is out there killing it. So uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Reds in terms of winning the division, just because of how how poor the NL Central is. I think that the suitors are what the, the Brewers right behind them. Cardinals are having a really and a half out, year. And three out. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what's happening with the Dodgers over there. I'm not sure if the Diamondbacks play is sustainable. So that's why I'm kind of holding off on saying you know you know making my answer the Giants. But 
Uh, both teams who have been surprising me. We're talking about the, the parity in this league right now and, and these teams who were not expected to have these seasons or having these seasons, which is great for the game of baseball. We've got my boy Logan Stone. No love for the Cardinals. Hell no. We, we always talk about those damn Cardinals. It's a good year to avoid talking about them. Okay. <laughs> They're like the team that never dies. So I hope they. Hey, we already brought up Yadier Molina. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> we already brought him up one more time. Um, uh, he says the Reds fans. Yeah, the Reds have been fantastic, no doubt about it. There and they, I mean, they got they bring up De La Cruz, who's just electric. I mean, you talk about oh, those, you know, just somebody who immediately makes you want to put on the TV. You know, make him every time he's up to bat. Watch. Um, I, I just think it's awesome when you have teams like the Giants and the Reds, you know, really new teams that are kind of getting fresh blood into like some of these old divisions, like like seeing the Dodgers make it every year. You know, it's nice having the Diamondbacks and Giants kind of going out a little bit. Uh, you know, the Pirates were ahead in the NL Central. League. You know, I don't think they're sustaining it, but it was nice to see them up there a little bit for in this in the season. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how that plays out uh, in the NL, in the NL. The Giants, though, case, I mean, my God, dude, they're just absolutely raking. Like, it's almost like the injuries have helped them a little bit. Yeah, no, it's kind of yeah, got to like, call it off all these young guys now. I know. I mean, the Giants are playing good ball, man. It's kind of weird to watch, you know, because, like, in the early beginning of the season, it's just like, eh, you know, they're just kind of, like, treading water a little bit. And then they went on three game, four game, five. You're like, oh, shit, they're kind of putting it together. And now it's just like, shoot, they're, like, right back in contention. So, it. Unfortunately, I don't watch a lot of baseball because I don't have cable, but I definitely check up on, like, news and alerts and see who's playing well. And all of a sudden, you just, like, see standings, and you're just like, okay. Like, yeah. all right, they must be playing good ball. And, yeah. Uh, I think the Giants, though, I mean, I think it's open. I mean, it's kind of nice to see last night just see the Astros lose on a balk. So that was pretty special. Oh, that was crazy. Did you, did you see that, Chris? That didn't look like a balk to me, by the way. Did I miss something? So I, I saw the replay it. of it. Someone posted on Twitter, and I and his I back that. foot twitched ever so slightly. How the umpire picked that up, I have no idea. But I did see it, and technically by rule, it was a balk. But man, that's a tough break. That is a first really balk in his career too. He he went psycho. Like he was <laughs> livid. Yeah. <laughs> Don't flinch. Do not flinch. That is not allowed. Because you, you, you just watch it. I was I watched it like this morning. I was like, man, I don't see it. So that's probably you had to see the replay there. It, it was kind of cool too because it's special because Altuve and Bregman are the only two left from that cheating, beating the trash cans. And man, yeah. they were giving it to him last night. Was, they were. Yeah, I think Bregman hit a grand slam last night though. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went deep though last night. Logan, we love you. All right, it will happen one day. All right, we will have it one day. We love you. All right, we got you on that. Uh, we got Carrie Wood here. We got Chris there. My guy, C Wood, bad as we've seen my cards just nine and a half out of first. We got time nine and a half. That's not bad. You never know there in the baseball standings. Case our A's just get a little check 28 and a half out. So it looks like I don't like our chances. No, just kidding. <laughs> What's going on over there, dude? What's I, I, it's funny. We've, we ripped on them last week. Days. We are just so over the ownership and we, I feel like major league baseball and Manfred, the biggest idiot on the face of the earth, who is just a, excuse my language. He's a dumbass. He really is. I don't think he speaks very well. It represents the game the best way he should. I, I just get fed up with how owners allow this guy who does not spend money on his baseball team for my whole life ever. Ever. And they just allow him to mooch. They've made the fifth most money last year. How is that even possible? I just, I don't understand how you can say, yeah, go to Vegas. And then Manfred comes out this week and says, 
oh, well, you guys had 10 years to draw fans. You've been trading all our best players. Why are we going to continue to give your billionaire money? It doesn't make sense to me. <sighs> Sorry, that's that's how I feel. So, <laughs> no, that's no, I, I love it because I've obviously seen been seeing the movement out there. I know Casey said he was going to the game on Tuesday. Uh, is that is the strike still happening? Like, are you guys just outlawing the games, or is what's what's the deal with that? So I went the opening day. Should have gone for the rest of the year because I'm one to know so far. But, uh, <laughs> okay. But no, um, when I went, it was like, you know, opening night, opening day. It's like everyone's like, none of this had happened prior to. I mean, there's always speculation about it, but it was just like another year in Oakland. Like they probably will leave. They might leave. Yeah, whatever. Been doing this for 20 years, basically. Like it's kind of like the the boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm going to break up with you if you leave me. And no one ever leaves. You yeah. know, it's just like. We're going to hate each other, but love each other because we have to. We have two kids. We got to stay good. Like, that's how it felt. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, you know what? We're like 60 years old. I want a fresh start. It's like, where the hell did this come from? You know, like, all right, kids are growing. You don't have to pay alimony, all child support. We're good. It's just a clean break. And that's how it feels right now. That's why it's so infuriating is because you, on the whatever side you were on, felt like you poured in more to what they gave you. And now it's just like, oh, so I did all this for you, supported you, and still showed up for the playoff games. That would sell out. Like, every year, like, we go – I've been to three game fives. Never won one, but they would always show up, like, 50,000, like, as big as the stadium would pack. And it's it's infuriating right now, to be honest. And going to this game, I am curious that you asked me. I'll see what the numbers are like. It is a Tuesday against the New York Yankees. No Aaron Judge. There'll so. be a lot of Yankees fans. There. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, <laughs> be a lot of Yankees. A lot of, fans well, there's going to be green in the, you know, the the parking lot. I don't know how much in the actual stadium. <laughs> It'll definitely be there. Um, we got your guy Amish country best fan. I'm going to be an A's fan. Uh, we appreciate that. Hopefully, it's not a Vegas one. Though. <laughs> Everybody keeps saying the Vegas. That's going to be tough for us, man. Like, it's like we like that you love the A's, but we have been. To, we talked about it. We've been to 150, been to 150 So like, we've been to a ton of games there. We went, we had Raider season tickets back in the day with my dad over there. So like the Coliseum for us, it's just, it just kind of hits a little bit different. I get that oh, Oakland politics aren't the best in some regards either, but I just feel like the A's never really put time into the ownership doing justifying any of it either. So if they, if they do move, are you guys going to still stick with them or, or what's the deal with that? I'm a Mets. <laughs> Go grow. I, I, I joke that I'm an Atlanta A's fan now because the A's trade all their players to the Braves basically back in the day. I, I don't know, man. Honestly, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know how I feel because they're still going to be in Oakland next year. And so, yeah. like, I don't know. And it's oh. not official, official, even though Manfred says it, but uh, we'll see. Per- personally, but Right now, my me, gut says no, but I don't know. Yeah. Personally, for me, um, it's different than the Raiders leaving. I don't know why. I don't think I'll stay an Ace fan because I – their regime's not – I don't know what it is. I, I felt more of a tie to the Raiders because they've left before, I guess. So it's <laughs> kind of like they're just in a different city. But, like, I still had – like, Derek Carr leaving was a little different for me because, like, that's the quarterback that we grew up from, Oakland. The A's, they've never really had any players where I've been able to have them for 10 years, you know what I mean, as a fan watching. Yep. So guys that are on the Raiders, I've – kind of grew up with them a little bit like a Mark Ellis, Casey. You're other guys Mark. <laughs> but yeah that's, that's how i feel <laughs> our eric chavez is the last big contract and he's retired been retired for 10 years 
And that was yeah. $66 million. And the guy didn't even, he wasn't even the owner. He just took over the contract there with it. So that's already <laughs> with the A's on it there. Uh, so we're a little frustrated, obviously, here with it. Uh, baseball season is going to be, this is kind of the tight. We're starting to get to the all-star game here a little bit. So it's a big push. I got a few things here. We're almost kind of coming on an hour here. I don't want to waste too much of your time here this morning, but I got some football. I kind of want to run by you real quick if you're all right with that because you're a Giants yeah. fan out there. Yeah, um, let's do it. Purdy or Daniel Jones? I thought this would be a fun fo- one because Purdy only played, what, a few handful of games. Jones has been there a couple of years. He got the big contract. Who do you have more confidence in, Chris? Purdy or Daniel Jones? Who your Your boy, who would you go with? I don't want to sound like a homer here, but I'm going Daniel Jones just because the situation that he's had to deal with ever since he's gotten drafted has been the perfect crap storm for him. Um, In terms of coaching, in terms of personnel, the offensive line, he still somehow managed to impress the front office. And I trust those guys in the front office, Joe Shane, uh, his crew, Brian Dable. So if they're impressed with Daniel Jones and what they saw out of him uh, to give him that contract uh, that he, that he got this past off season, then uh, I'm on board with it as well. Brock Purdy. Obviously, uh, had a phenomenal, phenomenal showing. Um, but we'll see what happens. San Francisco is a little bit of a different ball club than, than the New York Giants right now. I think the San Francisco 49ers are a little bit more well <laughs> off than the Giants. But, uh, yeah, for that reason, I'll go Daniel Jones just as as, as, a, as a player goes. But I'm impressed with what Brock Purdy's done as well. Chase Purdy or Jones? After watching the Viking game and the Giants playing the playoffs, that kind of changed my mind. I was like, not only Daniel Jones, like, he's just a beast. He's a dog. Like, he just likes to play football. I know Purdy does, too. I think limitations are different. What Chris spoke about the team that he's playing on. I mean, he's basically thrown to three number one wide receivers on the Giants. I mean, a couple of them stepped up, but talent-wise, you can look across the board. It's just not a pure number one like a Debo Samuel or George Kittle. is just there's a fall off, but I go with Daniel, Daniel Jones. I mean, you get picked that high for a reason and you get picked that low for a reason. That's why I thought it was going to be an interesting question because Jones has been there, but I think if our guy Brian was here, he would definitely pick Purdy. (laughs) If our guy Brian was here, he'd take Purdy at a heartbeat. He probably got lost on that poll. He did. He got lost on it. (laughs) Real quick, you're taking advantage of it. Speaking of our, one of our guys, you got, uh, you got Darren Waller from our Raiders over here. You think over under? He's been hurt for a couple of years. Over under seventy five catches there from the Giants. I'm going over. Um, I think that he's going to be that guy for this offense. Obviously, we got you know a couple of wide receivers. Hodgins is going to be slotted in there. Shepard's coming back. We got Paris Campbell now. But I think idealistically, Darren Waller um, got brought over here to be that guy for Daniel Jones. I think that they're going to you know. Get him right. Obviously, the injury is what it is. Uh, it's yeah. always unfortunate to talk about injuries, but injuries aside, if he stays on the field, I'm going over. I, I think, I think, honestly, I thought about this and I, you know, I was like, yeah, back and forth. I was like, I think he could be like Jeremy Shockey's Eli Manning, like very like, athletic tight end. But oh, that's walk. a name. Talk about that. I like that. Name. I haven't heard Big that Shockey name. guy. I love Jeremy Shockey. <laughs> what hair? I mean, he was a hell of a receiver, but he, he was what, down and dirty and big boy, too. So I think – and that changed Eli's career. So I think this could yep. be huge for him. Just an easy outlet, throw a three-yard three, three dig, get six out of it, get Saquon putting four, yeah. new chains. So I think it's a big move. I hated it as a Raiders fan, but I got it. But for the Giants to get that, I thought – I was like, Daniel Jones, they saw how much he progressed, and in the playoffs, he needed help. He needed help. Yeah. No, he definitely – no, he definitely – who do you think will have more wins combined here? The Niners and Raiders. Last year they went 19 and 15 combined. 
were the Giants and Jets. They went 16 and 17 combined. Curious here between our two teams, which one are our kind of two area teams? Who do you think will have more wins? Who will combine for more? The Niners or Raiders or Giants and Jets? Casey, what do you think? Well, like I said last time, the, I think the Niners, you know, they're going to go. I think what I tell Brian. Six and 11. Six, six and, 12. and 11. Yeah. So. <laughs> six and 12. I think you're trying to mess with them a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> six and 11. Uh, the Giants and the Jets. Um, like I said, Giants went I nine hate, seven hate, last year. I do, but I got to go with the Giants and the Jets. I mean, they wow. do have Aaron Rodgers. The, the Giants, I mean, the the West and the Raiders division is just low. Come on, Jimmy G. He's you got Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, I don't know where to go. Like where to go. Uh, I mean, uh, Russell Wilson. Who knows? I don't know. But I, yeah, I just see the flip side. East Coast. Uh, what What do you think there? I'm going Giants and Jets as well. Um, the Giants have a tough schedule. I haven't. <laughs> my boy, Come on. Um, yeah, I'm not. He's right, he's right. Believer. He's right. I'm not sure if I'm the biggest. What was that? No, my bad. Go for it, brother. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Giants, Jets. Uh, I think Rogers. Obviously, he is what he is. Uh, I'm not sure if they're gonna win that division. Um, but they're gonna be certainly better than they were last year with the quarterback platoon that they got going on, Mike White and Zach Wilson. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go Giants, Jets. The Giants' schedules is infinitely harder. They play the AFC East this year, but. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go Giants-Jets. I think I'm pretty confident in that. I, you know, it's kind of funny because it really comes to Rodgers. And then I, I'm kind of with your Giants. I'm, you know, obviously I know you're – I'm kind of on the point where I, I could see them. I like their yeah. coach, but, like, the Barkley thing, we're still trying to figure all that out with it. My right. As a Raiders fan to myself, you know, I appreciate your – I appreciate your – you're right. They do stink. I'm going to agree. They aren't very good. But I think Jimmy G could help them a little bit more this year than people think. He, like I said, I have my funny theory with Jimmy Garoppolo because you now everybody says he just wins, right? That's his thing. Well, he, the players around him have to play better when he's your quarterback. So to me, that is my big theory there with it. Well, so well, I'm going to go up. Raiders and Niners have more wins. Than well, hold up. You asked me who would have more combined wins. I never yeah. said nothing about the Super Bowl. I think the Raiders going to win this thing. They're taking it all, baby. We're talking about you combined, but they take they're going to hold down the fort. What's that? What's that? Uh, Josh Jacobs. I don't know. That's my – hey, dude, you're good at my transition. Stop reading my letters, my notes here. <laughs> I, got, um, I got – what do you think? I got Barkley and uh, and Jacobs here. Do you think, like – I think, firstly, I think the Raiders should, should sign them. I know running backs – are going extinct. They're like dinosaurs. They are going away. No, and that makes sense because you could lose them so quickly in a season, and then you have to and you can find replacements. I mean, I get that, but it is nice to have a really damn good one. I'm not going to say that. And I think Josh Jacobs is a really good running back. I really like the way he had him as a leader as well. I don't know Barkley as well in terms of how you feel like he connects with the Giants locker room. He came out pretty strong though last week, I believe it was about. Some of his like kind of holding out deal there. What do you think? Should the Giants and you can speak on the Raiders too? Should they give these guys franchise tags? I believe or sign them instead of giving them the franchise tag. I believe they both should get long term contracts. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think so as well. The running back market's a little bit ridiculous in terms of what these guys are getting paid. Obviously, they get banged up. Um, teams are hesitant to, to kind of pay running backs nowadays. That long term kind of advanced money obviously the saquon barkley situation uh there's a lot of comparisons about the cmc deal and what he got and whether barkley is going to want the same kind of money 
Obviously, the Giants are a little bit more strapped for cash right now. I'm not sure what the Raiders situation is looking like. Uh, I'm very high on Josh Jacobs as well. But I was curious in terms of what he really actually wanted because I know the Giants put, I think, $13 million a year on the table for Saquon. He denied that, but he also went around and said he wasn't looking for CMC money. So you're talking about maybe a 2 to $3 million difference in terms of their negotiations right now. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I think we give Saquon 14-15, all right, we got to do it. He's a dynamic running back, I think. Uh, I think both guys on the list are top five running backs. I, I'm really high on Josh Jacobs. Um, but I think so. It has to be at the right price. Obviously, though, with the market being is what it is, I don't blame these players for kind of holding out and staying their ground and kind of being a little bit more aggressive about it. But ultimately, I think deals do get done. I'm confident the Giants are going to get the deal done with Saquon, but I'm not sure about the Raiders situation with Jacobs just because I haven't been monitoring their, their negotiations yeah. and how yeah. the news has been going. But that's how I feel about it. Casey, what do you think? Man, our defense is so bad, you have to run the ball to milk the clock. <laughs> like, it's been atrocious. Like, I mean, you have to have a good running back, a good game that, like, can slow down. He's a you know, Maybe 25, 32 minutes off the clock. I mean, if you can do more, we'd love that. But uh, Jimmy G, I think, needs a player like a Josh Jacobs, too. I think that will complement him pretty well. Uh, got Devontae on the outside. So, I mean, I think that's there. Uh, speaking of Barkley, though, I think he's a special player. Uh, you know, he, I mean, we've seen what he is. I mean, when he's healthy, he's just incredible running back. Uh, but that's the, that's the concern. That, like, give a running well, back that much. Yeah, but, I mean, I think everyone got scared off because of Ezekiel Elliott. I, I really do. Yes. I think he's the one yes. that set the bar and then lowered the bar at the same time. <laughs> like, he really did. Like, it, it like sucks that. for the running backs, but that's how it happened. And yeah. We'll see him see as well. CMC as well before last season, right? I mean, CMC had his rough yeah. patches too in terms of staying on the field. So uh, obviously it was great to see him turn around for the Niners. But um, yeah, the, definitely Zeke, 100%. Uh, that that was a debacle of a situation. Yeah. Um, uh, um, I, as we kind of get towards the end of the podcast here, we're going to get to our winners and losers of the week here real quick. I just want to shout out some of the guys that have been commenting in here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We got our guy Tyler. I got, uh, like I said, mentioned C. Wood here. Logan. Uh, Amish country Mets fan. I've seen him on your pie, on your show as well. So appreciate you My uh, chiming in here in the comments section. Always makes it a little bit more entertaining in that regard. So appreciate you guys taking the time out of your morning to do that, and appreciate uh, appreciate you guys supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't. Uh, we'll be, and we would love to do the same for your channel if you got one as well. So hope you guys are enjoying the show here with Chris from the Sports New York Pod. There, be sure to subscribe to his channel, Chris. I told you it's a tradition here on the pod. We do it winners and losers of the week here. Uh, Casey, you want to start? I'll let, give you the start here. If you can decide if we go winner or loser, what do you want? What do you want? I'm going to go winner first. I'm going with Ty Floyd from LSU, striking out 17, getting a men's college world series, tying the record. And then uh, they ended up pulling it off, uh, home run in the 11th, winning 4-3 against Florida. Uh, at 17 Ks and 9 inning, impressive. And I like how in college they throw like 190 pitches. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about your scouting. They don't care about your arms. I miss that aluminum sound too, man, from the little yeah, days. You know? ding, yeah. ding. That's, a, that's a good winner of the week there. Chris, you got a winner of the week here? I'm going to go the Spurs organization. Um, you know, obviously it is what it is. They won the lottery. We all know who they are taking. But I think that Victor Wembanyama is going to be that piece for them 
to go ahead and turn that franchise around. Obviously, a um, little bit of a rebuild kind of situation there, but I think Victor Wembanyama is going to be really huge for them. So I'm going San Antonio Spurs getting their guy. Uh, that's a good call there with the Spurs. I had them down. As, a, as you know with me, I always like to put a few winner losers out there in the week. So winner of the week, I had the Spurs as well with it. I have my guy here, uh, Jordan what I have Jordan, Jordan Lyles from the Royals. He had, the team was 0-15 with him on the mound, so he finally got a win there. I like how he said it. it was nice to be able to shake hands with somebody after that. So I thought that was great that he ended up uh, getting a win finally on there. So he's one of my winners of the week. Uh, Luis Arise from the Marlins. I mean, the guy continues to rake. He's, he was just over 400. I think he might be uh, there still at 400 right now. So to me, he's also winner of the week. And then just uh, a comment I heard on them. It, it made me laugh. Sorry, the immature human being in me is going to come out teenager style here. But we had our guy Grady Dick out there rocking the red suit. And then on ESPN, we had, what was it, the lady doing the interviews over there. And you just never will hear this sentence again. Uh, let's go over to the couch where Grady Dick's being interviewed by Monica McNutt. You're just not going to hear that sentence very often in your life. So I don't know what that I heard that. I just was like, good God, did I just hear that right? So that to me, I got to put there. I went to the Sorry. Yeah, but that is right there. You will not hear that again. Casey. That's a good one. Uh, so those are my winners of the week there. Let's go to the bad side here. Loser of the week. Casey, let's go back to you for it. I'm going with the PFL fighters, uh, Nate Schulte and Rashu Manfino. Uh, put up basically a sparring effort. Uh, Nate was 25 and one. Uh, I think the other guys were 17 and four, I believe, and it was to go into the playoffs uh, for the fighting. It's kind of like a UFC kind of deal. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, they they live with each other. They're both their kids' godfathers, you know. And so the fight was basically just an epic failure. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a tough watch. I watched a little bit of just like what they're talking about. I think me and you would have hit harder, even if we were like just arguing over a bag of Cheez-Its, like, or like, you know, like it was pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. I was curious just to like get the thought. I know we're doing winners lose. Would you, how would you feel fighting a family member or like your best, best friend? Would you go balls to the walls or would you all just be like, I mean, they got suspended for it, right? Yeah. No, they're banned. Yeah. No, they, yeah. I mean, to me, if it's your job, yeah, you kind of have to go a little bit, like maybe strategically fight out a little well, bit. Oh, you said a little bit though, so you won't you won't go all the way in. I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it's. I mean, to me, if you would, if, if you're, if that's what your job is, you you got to do it. So that's, I won't that's go Mortal weird. Combat and say finish him, but I mean, yeah, I'd be like, no, I, I would say you're fighting, right? That's the point yeah. of the sport. So I'd say yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, I'd say you have to go. I mean, the situation is kind of different when you're when you're fighting there for a free job, like uh, Darren said. But yeah, I'd, I'd say you have to go uh, fulfill that obligation and go go pretty hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd knock your ass out, Darren. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. Me and Casey would go hard as brothers here. Chris, what do you got for loser of the week? Uh, I'll I'll do two. Um, the Colorado Rockies organization losers. Um, Obviously, last night we saw 25 to 1 uh, against the Angels. Um, so I'm going to go Colorado Rockies, losers. And a hot take, uh, I hate to do it, but I think the Charlotte Hornets are going to end up losers of the draft. I don't know if I'm not mistaken, they took Brandon Miller. Um, I don't know if I'm high on Brandon Miller at the NBA level. So we'll see. I'm going to go. But the whole Michael Jordan situation of him uh, influencing that pick, I think he's getting ready to sell off his portion of the, of the Hornets as well. So. I'm going to go Hornets losers. 
Chris or C Wood, help my guy out here. He's a big Alabama guy. Help him out here. Make him believe in him. Make him believe in him. Uh, hey, you know, I, I would. I would love to see it, but I, I just don't know. What I saw with him, uh, the inconsistencies. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the Hornets organization though is a mess, so it's not a really good situation to go. According the to according to Brandon Miller, they're winning the finals this year. So. <laughs> I did see that. And his guy's PG. His guy's PG. That's not a good sign. He said <laughs> his goat is PG, so that's not a good sign. <laughs> Playoff P. Playoff P. Playoff P. Uh, I do the Miller his first twenty games. I was like, man, he was a second pick. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But I hear you on that. There is some things, uh, and you're not the only one thinking that's obviously Scoot Henderson. We thought was going to be the second pick the whole year, and then obviously that changes exactly. there at the end. So this could be again one of those legacy picks with the Hornets uh, passing yep. on one of the better players there. That's a great loser of the week. I also have uh, All Star MLB All Star game. The Braves. Nobody stuffs the All Star ballot better than that that fan base. <laughs> Mike. I mean. <laughs> They're just unbelievable. How many, even the guys that are even on the top. I'm like, how is that guy number three? I believe. Yep. Um, NBA draft coverage. It wasn't the worst, but the second by the second round, it's just I, I, anybody that's watching the second round isn't watching for stories usually at that point. So it'd be nice to have a little bit more hardcore NBA coverage, I guess, if we're going there. So there's, I would like that to improve going forward. I always said Manfred, he's on it. You took the Rockies one. That's a good one. Romanowski. Our guy, Bill Romanowski, he's being so sued. He owes $15.3 million in taxes. So uh, pay your taxes, people. That's a good thing out there. Uh, so those are our winners of the and losers of the week for episode 141 on the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Chris, man, it was awesome to have you. I appreciate you staying for an hour with us. Appreciate everybody commenting in. But, man, thanks for taking time to do this with us. You're good at it, man. Appreciate it. This is fantastic. You guys covered it all. I mean, all the sports, all the perspectives. I'm impressed by your knowledge of, of our East Coast teams as well. So you guys covered it all. You guys are doing great stuff. I appreciate you having me on your platform. Uh, Got to have you guys on on my show sometime. You let me know. We can work that out. But yep. uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. Appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah, it was a blast, man. Great way to start the Sunday morning. Well, afternoon, I guess, almost now for you, but... Yeah, yeah, was it there for him? He's was he's at he's almost at eleven. You're almost at noon there. Yeah. Wow, you're late there. almost at noon. Yeah, I get a sandwich. Now. I got to get coffee, and you're about to get a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, that's great. Uh, but like I said, man, you keep up the great work there. You're doing post game yeah, shows okay. on there, and, and I know how hard that is to do after the game. You have to be timely with it. You have to be prompt with it. You kind of have to know what you're talking about, so you can't just fake it. Really, when you're doing a post game yeah. show and expecting that to to go well, so. Keep up the good work. I know it's a grind at times, and uh, we'll be here supporting you, retweeting your stuff and all that. So uh, till next time here for episode 142, peace. Peace.